0: What's up, y'all? My name is Joey B. I host a podcast called the Blind Knowledge Podcast. We are informative, we are entertaining, and we do some killer celebrity interviews like Tony Nagy, the comedian, the voice of the Patriots, John Brooke, and so much more. We got so much more on the back end. I can't wait, dude. We are on Apple. We are on Spotify. And always, always check us out at blindknowledge.com. We'll see you there. Enjoy. Good morning, good morning, and good morning. My name is Joey B. Welcome to the Blind Knowledge Podcast. It is a beautiful day down here in FLA. And hey, we have a great guest for you today as well. We have someone you've probably never heard of, but you're going to get to know for sure. This is Yasir Hashmi. He is the world's youngest investment banker. He is a venture capitalist. He does so many things, and he's got the nicest suit on I've ever seen. Uh, We're going to pick his brain a bit. He he does the CEO thing. He starts businesses. He's very focused on the spirituality, the tranquility aspect, the human aspect, the vibe. And, of course, you know, I'm sure he's into making money, too. So we're going to figure out how he does his thing, how he keeps so cool. And who is this guy? Because I think we're going to hear a lot about him. Again, he is the world's youngest investment banker, uh, and he is a venture capitalist. We have Yasir Hashmi. And before we get there, of course, I just want to let you know that Blind Knowledge is the spot that's hot. We have Blind Knowledge podcasts. We have live streams. We have video content, long form, short form. We have music on the way. We have Solo Requiem, which we don't know how to actually define Solo Requiem, but he's over on Twitter doing Twitter spaces, and he's representing Blind Knowledge. We're going to spin it around in June. I think we're actually going to be able to get a lot of good things going for the brand. We're working on the website. And hey, you know what, maybe, maybe we'll get some additional investment funding. And I'm going to ask our dude over here who's going to come in in just a few minutes. Hey, how can we do a better job of appealing to, you know, someone like himself? Even though we're so small, you know, we're, we're growing and we're finally figuring out our revenue streams, our business plan, our feasibilities. You know, I've, I've been busy, folks. I've been busy. I don't just do the show. I do everything else too, basically. And we got to build this team. And even before we get into any kind of investment for blind knowledge, just to let you know, we are looking for TikTokers, YouTube short artists, and um, yeah, some Twitch folks too. We're trying to get cool. We're trying to get spicy. We're trying to get knowledge. So if you're interested, if you're a content creator out there looking to monetize on the sign hustle or even more, and you're really motivated on what you do, hit me up. Uh, You can can go to joe at blindknowledge.com. Uh, we're on social media, of course, at blind underscore knowledge over on Twitter. So, yo, that was a lot for me. And we are live, by the way. So, hey, what's up, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. And, of course, shout out to Bigo. If you haven't tried Bigo yet, it is the live stream dream. You can win beans and um, yeah, you have a good time. So, B-I-G-O is the app. I'm a host over there. And we'll see you over there in just a bit. <sighs> now we can breathe, folks we can breathe because we got the man coming in himself we got yes Hashmi. me what's up my man
1: hey joe i'm doing great thanks for having me
0: oh it's a pleasure uh thank you for sticking with me on this wild technology ridden morning uh just trying to get the damn thing going I had honestly, dude, I had never heard of you before. I had no idea who you were. And I'm looking around, just, you know, poking around for guests. And and I saw your bio and I'm like, dude, I have to meet this guy. So welcome to the show.
1: Perfect. Thanks for having me, Joe. Highly appreciate it. It's like, you know, it's like there are billions of, basically, it's like they have more than, you know, I guess 300 million businesses and there are millions of billion dollar companies about which we don't know so it's always about you know trying to meet new people because what we don't have is what other people have so yeah it's great to meet you finally yeah
0: same here networking so key right whether you you get something out of it or not but i mean usually there's something mutually beneficial to building relationships especially people out there that are doing things that not a lot of people are doing
1: for sure definitely so
0: how old are you yeah i'm in my early 20s early 20s all right we're not going to get too specific people he's in his early 20s hell of a head of hair great suit great style do you i gotta ask do you have some, like a wardrobe manager at this point in your career
1: yeah basically i mean i like to do these things mostly but i have basically my spouse that helps me in these things as well of
0: course of course of course yeah and probably a public system, sure or manager so let's get into the real deal Um, when did you start to learn about and divulge into investment banking in the business world
1: yeah so basically I mean you know everything I do currently is related to the things which I plan or foresee when I was 12 years old so it was like when I was 12 years old I knew that I need to do certain things basically in my life I was crystal clear on a purpose And I know that in order to fulfill that purpose, I need a certain financial threshold in order to achieve those things. And that's why now the thing about, you know, one very common bias which every person has in the world is like, in order to make money, you need to have a business. That's a bias, basically. I mean, you always don't need to make a business. like, you know, Jay-Z became a billionaire. It's like, it was not like everything he did was business from the beginning. Yeah, He was awesome. into business, but he was a singer. He was a rapper, right? So a lot of people, a lot of celebrities are not running their businesses, but still they are having a half a billion dollars in net worth, right? So you don't need to always run a business to make money. And an investment firm is not a business, okay? It's different, like business is operation. It has a different kind of operation and an investment firm is a different kind of operation. Now, the thing is basically when I was 12, I, I was crystal on this purpose and then I realized I need a certain financial threshold, you know, which is basically to be a billionaire and then basically, you know, to accomplish my purpose.
0: At 12, at 12, you came up with yeah, this. Yeah, right,
1: right. I realized because, I mean, anything good which you want to do in this world, you need money for it, right? And the, the other thing is this, it's like you don't need to be a billionaire and give your billions to make the change which you want. What you do, see, when you become a billionaire or whenever you do or uh, achieve anything in life, you create a credit ability. It's not credibility, it's creditability. It's like a billionaire gives up. A billionaire will give, take or basically, you know, will respect another billionaire. If, 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 like, if I'll ask another billionaire and when I'll be a billionaire, then, then it will be a lot more easier to use their money to do things which I want, as for basically the impact which I want to create, rather than using my own money. Because the thing is, When you run a non-profit, you know, it's like you can only help so many people. But when you run a for-profit, that's a massive non-profit. So that's basically, you know, that's how, because a lot of, I mean, most of the times I should say that, you know, long-term is almost opposite of the short-term. So I was crystal clear on basically what I wanted to do when I was 12. And then basically I focused on business because I know that, you know, I need to do a business in order to make money. So I started trading, I, I used to sell stuff in my school days and then basically you know really hold up let me stop
0: you there what what were you selling over there your lemonade stand
1: yeah what i used to do let's say if i am in 8th grade and if i am if i want to sell something and now the thing i mean my focus is to sell the most expensive thing right or the thing for which which is necessity which, for which there's a demand because you can't solicit in your school right you can't be like you 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 are basically you're trying to convince another person to buy something from you so what i used to do i used to buy the <laughs> school books I used to buy the old school books from, you know, the, from my seniors. And then I used to resell those books to the people who were getting into those classes. Wow, so let's say yeah. I have friends basically who are in high school. So I I'm, I'm buying their books and I'm selling those books.
0: You're like a book broker, like at 12, that's great. <laughs> right.
1: So, so I was selling to those kids who were pro getting promoted. So that's how interesting because the thing is the people that were selling the books was selling at super cheap rates, almost next to nothing. And I was able to almost get more than 50% of the original price of the book. Damn. So that's okay. So that's a great way to make profit basically in those days as well. And still applicable. Anyone can apply this.
0: You know, that's so funny that you say that, dude. I used to sell pixie sticks. I had a lemonade stand. Like, I was always kind of like entrepreneurship happy. But, yo, at, at 12, like, I wasn't that laser focused. Like, did you read a lot? Were you around someone that did a lot of corporate business investing? Like, how, how'd you dive into that?
1: So, I mean, you know, one of the other things was this that, you know, in my early days, I realized I was Basically, doing a research on some secret societies when I was in I guess seventh grade so I was understanding basically I mean you know there are a lot of conspiracies about different families like the Rothschild family the Rockefeller family and a lot of basically you know different families that are pulling the world committee of 300 so many things are there so I was researching about so many things and then I realized that you know Then I realized that basically you know how they are doing the things in order to create the changes they want and at the same time I was researching basically to know which is the easiest industry to make money because why will I want to work hard? I mean people are like you know work hard work hard. Okay, that's great That's work hard if it's necessary But why will you want to naturally work hard and get the same result as person who's not working hard? Of course you want leverage right? You want to get the maximum result. So basically, then I realized the highest number of billionaires that became were from the financial industry and the investment industry. So that's why, because the thing about the financial industry is it's the largest industry in the world. It is the backbone of every other industry. So that's why I focused on basically, you know, finance. And then I started with investor capital introduction. So capital introduction is a part of investment banking where you connect the investor with the founder that's raising money. So then I started creating my network of investors.
0: Hold on, let me write this one down. Hang on, this is important, folks. Get a notebook. This guy knows what he's talking about. All right, all right. Let him know how does it work.
1: So I started with capital introductions. Now the thing about capital introductions is it has all the all the easy part of investment banking, and it doesn't have any of the difficult parts of investment banking. So that's the and it has the it has all those parts of investment banking where you get the least input and get the maximum output. Because you are, so that, I mean like, why do you want to do the hardest thing to get, to get paid the same amount of money which you can, you know, do with a lower input. That's the thing about leverage. That's the thing which I see in all areas of my life. Like there's a concept of, you know, leverage, different types of leverage. So now the mo- leverage is the ratio between inputs and output. So the oldest form of leverage was labor. So labor was like, you know, during Egypt, ancient Egypt, the guy, Tutankhamun, he used millions of labor's efforts to build the pyramids and he got the credit for everything, right? So that's the most ancient form of labor. Still in companies, you have employees, those are doing the work. So they are, the CEO is using 24 hours experience, expertise of the employees to do the work and get a return for himself and for all the stakeholders. And the other thing, the other modern form of leverage was capital, which I'm using in my fund. So it's like I'm using investors' money to create return for all. I'm not investing a lot of my personal money, but I'm using investors' money. So I'm getting infinite return because I'm investing just my time, right? And my expertise to create returns. So that's leverage. And then it's like the two most modern forms of leverage is coding and media. The way Kylie Jenner became a billionaire at 20 was because she had the right vehicle to basically, you know, grow. Like what Kylie Jenner did was also done by Maybelline with 50,000 employees with the centuries of track record. Okay it's just because of her hundreds of millions of followers in Instagram, because she had a vehicle or she has a, she has a basically way to show millions of things to millions of people, millions of times in any corner of the world. And interconnected beautifully. And that's a quadratic growth. See, the only growth that's quadratic is word of mouth. Let's say you are spending on Google ads. You spend this much, you get this much return. You spend on any kind of ads. you spend on this much money on billboards, you get this much awareness, this much revenue. But the thing about word of mouth, you think 10 people got to know something, they enjoyed, they shared it with another 10, another 10, another 10, another 10, like no one told you about Facebook. You heard it from your friend. Like people told you about Facebook, you did saw an ad of Facebook. Oh, That's when Facebook something. first
0: came out, dude, when it, had the, when it had the .edu email and it was like the cool thing, it was like the underground thing. <laughs> That was right. awesome, everyone wanted that. You you had to have a .edu email, and they weren't <laughs> advertising. Everyone was like, what is this thing, you know? And right. yeah, yeah. it's, it's the like, cool way to go. Th-
1: that's, that's the only quadratic way of growing, basically like word of mouth, when people tell to other people. And the other thing is this, when something good happens with people, people share it with three people. When something bad happens with people, they share it with 11 people. So that's the thing, negative mm-hmm. things spreads faster because you don't need to prove a negative statement. Why will you prove a negative statement? It automatically becomes truth. You need to prove a positive statement. So truth spreads fast. So when something bad happens with someone, it shares with other people, it becomes a truth because why will someone in common sense say bad thing about themselves? So that's how people are why, right? So basically... That makes sense. So that's another form of leverage, media. And then it's software. Okay, that's coding. So it's like, the thing about coding is, let's say if you have a business, a normal business, a manual business focused on lower form of leverage, which is labor. You have you have ten customers. You need one person to manage. You get ten more customers. You need to hire another person to manage. You need te- you get ten more customers. You need to hire another person. But the thing about coding is, you created a software platform. You are selling course or you are at Netflix. So the cost to serve one customer or to serve a million customer is almost same. There's no incremental cost to co- per customer. That's the best thing about coding, and that's 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 the, that's leverage. Like like this video, basically this interview which we are streaming, basically is like. If one person watches it, then also we are putting the same effort. If a hundred million people watches it, then also basically, you know, we are putting the same effort. It's just more people will be able to, you know, basically get a lot of value out of it. So that's the thing about leverage. So it's about the ratio between inputs and outputs. And leverage could be anything, in anything. Leverage is just ratio between inputs and outputs. It could be like, you could be in a sales call, and you could be like, basically, you know, a person could be like, a person has average sales skill, they're spending one hour to close one customer, they're improving their sales skill, they're closing two customers in the same hour. So it's like leverage, they're getting more out of the hour. It's because it's never about how many hours you put, it's about what you put in the hours. Because it's always about the value which you provide rather than the time. Because a lot of people work very hard. A lot of people give a lot of time. does not mean they'll make a lot more money. Time
0: is invaluable. That's the most valuable thing in the friggin' world. That's why I call it invaluable. It is above value.
1: Right. For sure. So basically, that's what my focus was since the beginning of everything I started. So basically, basically you know, I mean, then I focus on capital introductions, then I went into investor marketing. Yeah,
0: talk about a little more about that, dude, that capital infusion. How, how do you get them to, how do you get capitalists to spread capital like that? Like, how does that, all that work?
1: So, I mean, you know, the other thing is this. See, everything, everything in sales is about volume, okay? It's like, if you will do something often enough, you will get a proportion of results. So you need to have enough volume in order to generate something. Like if you want someone to invest in your company as an investment banker, you need to have enough qualified deals which you can present to your investor. So it's like every investor's investment thesis where they allocate. Because investors also have LPs. So basically LPs tell them that you can only invest in these types of deals. And they present to the LPs and they tell that we are going to invest in only this type of deal. So we know what types of deals which investor are investing, and according to that, we present the deal to the investor. It's always
0: a big brother. There's always like a bigger entity. That's crazy.
1: For sure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you need to be a bit aggressive in certain things in business, and one of the things which I learned from one guy, I guess you might have heard about him, Grant Cardone. So oh, about yeah, woman? he seems like a
0: dick, but I don't I don't know him, so I shouldn't say anything yeah. about him, but For maybe sure. you know
1: better. <laughs> yeah, so basically, I mean, you know, one one of the best thing which I learned basically or basically i reminded myself from him was about the 10x moment like you know whatever goal a human a human being has basically you know thought about in their mind so always people the estimation for the efforts to achieve that goal is always wrong most of the time so it's like he's always says that you know always 10x to effort so whether it's in marketing or any other any other kind of thing because you know it's always it, it, it's like The interpretation of something is limited to the number of perspectives it's perceived from. And that's why context and intensity matters the most. Like a good advice at wrong time is a wrong advice. That's the thing. Timing is like there are different variables in it.
0: Who's listening? Who's the audience there? Two perspectives is the word you use there, man. And that's coming up a lot. It uh, came up when I started Blind Knowledge is to give them multiple perspectives. It's not just one and one. And man, there could be 20. There could be 20 opinions, 19 could suck. But we, I want to hear them all. And it's everything's global now. So you got to get everyone on the same page for sure.
1: But of course, at the same time, you don't want the perspective of people who just do who just do everything to win everything. Like a lot of people... Who are basically, you know, a bit piece of shit type of people? They try to win every argument. They don't. They want everything to <laughs> win everything. So basically, you know, you need to make sure you need to make sure you are not with, with those people.
0: And you got to know how to scan for them, man. That's what I'm learning. I'm a year and a half into this venture, this digital media thing, and like you gotta, you gotta know who's who's in who's out like quickly too and, and i'm getting it i I can usually figure it out within five minutes of a phone call or like uh, a vc it's like yo this dude's a tool we're okay you know and it's like and, and not to be too easy with them not, not to be too nice just put the, put the guards up and continue on right. You know?
1: right it's like the goal is not to be very positive or the goal is not to be very negative in life the goal is to be wise in life like you are able to realize both the good and bad at the same time. It shouldn't. And the other thing is, I a, a like human beings have so many biases in our mind. We are like, you know, if someone is from good school or good college, this means that person must be having a lot of other good traits as well. That's a bias. Like then there is the confirmation bias. If we think that, if you know, basically you know, if we like this is this is a very common bias, confirmation bias. If we think that someone is good, so we only look for things that align with our belief, that since this person is good, we'll only look for things that matches, that this person is good. We'll we'll ignore all the things that are against our belief.
0: Because we want to prove our point.
1: For sure. <laughs> we want to feel important. That's good. the thing. Like Sigmund Freud, the guy, he was a basically amazing guy. He, he invented a theory of psychoanalysis. Sigmund Freud,
0: of course, yes. Married his sister or something
1: weird like that. I don't
0: know. That was a weird... We're he is of a it. nephew,
1: Ed, yeah, Edward Bernays. That was a, that was the guy who invented the term public relations. That's the guy who invented the term PR. So it's like...
0: That's wild.
1: Sigmund Freud basically mentioned, so he created a philosophy that human beings do each and every action in this world because of two reasons. One is basically, you know, the desire to be important. And second is a sexual desire. So that's Yeah, with their the mothers.
0: People...
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. For the kids, it was like, uh, male child is attracted to the mother and the female child is attracted to the father and they see the and, and the other thing We mentioned basically was this that the kid in the childhood in the infancy The male child see her mother as her sexual partner and when her father has come near to the mother. He gets angry
0: <laughs> Yes, yeah, the <laughs> testosterone goes up right. and they start to defend right. the mother who gave birth to the son who the son wants to F-U-C Yeah Wow yeah, Sigmund Freud Dude, I love philosophy. Love that stuff, man. All about it.
1: For, for sure, definitely. Now, one of the things, basically, in the investment banking is, like, the most important thing is, basically, related to startups is the valuation. The thing about valuation is every person thinks their company worth are billion dollars. That's the Absolutely. Okay, Mine's
0: please. worth two, buddy. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> in a pipe dream yesterday. No, obviously not. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's up with that?
1: Yeah, so basically the thing about valuation is the only real value of your company is what the best buyer is willing to pay.
0: To pay for the company itself. Right, right, right. Like everything in it. Okay.
1: Right. Because the thing is, who will you sell to then? I mean, if you don't have a buyer, then first it's like you can't get more what the best buyer is willing to pay. You could say you are worth a billion dollars, but still the buyer is not willing to pay. Then you are worth that much. What's your best offer raise? That's the thing. Because exit is the only thing that matters. Like, you start a business to exit. You remake real money from exiting. You don't make real money from retained earnings. That was
0: where I started, dude. I was like, maybe I'll just sell the name for a million dollars in five years. That'd be great, you know? Something like that.
1: You never know. It's like there are a lot of factors. It depends on industry to industry. But the thing about the buyer is it's always about the fundamentals of the business. Most of the time, it's EBITDA. A lot of times, it's net profit, like... What's your net profit? Let's multiply it by two or three or four or five. Oh,
0: four yeah, yeah. Business. You're talking balance sheet. You're talking cash flow.
1: Right. It's always about cash flow. It's not, I mean, it depends, but at the same time, it's more about cash flow and net profit because that's what matters. Like, people are like, I was talking to a guy and his company was doing something in AI. And he said that they have nothing in revenue. And he mentioned that he got offer for $100 million. So he was just bluffing. Basically,
0: happening. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, uh, My company
1: was—he was saying that we got offered to to be acquired for hundred million, right? So it it was like you know your company is nothing. You just you are just using a. Seems like that's the thing about people that it's like fundamentals always destroy trends. People are like valuations are going up, valuations are going up. There's a you know bubble, and people are like my company also worth this much. At the end of the day, the
0: numbers don't lie, right? right? Numbers don't lie.
1: It's always about the fundamentals. Like fundamentals is always destroy trends. Is that true in
0: all industries that you'd be investing in? Whether it's like from plumbing to data to AI to getting airplanes, like is it all really fundamentals like driven?
1: I mean, everything is fundamentally driven from the perspective of how a business is structured. Like there are different things which are valuable in different business. Like a healthcare business could be a business where it has zero revenue. Just few dozens of patents and it could be sold for a billion dollars. So that's how healthcare companies are. But the thing about the email marketing platform is what's your MRR? What's your monthly record revenue? What's your ARR? Is, it because,
0: is it because a healthcare company, sorry to interrupt, but I just want to make sure we got it right. It is it because that company would be, it has part of the market? Even though they're not making any money, their name's out there, their brand's out there, and people are going to it for services. Is that why it's worth so much inflated money?
1: The main reason is to get the, Approval from FDA or different government agency, and to basically, you know, do the clinical trials. Oh, it's
0: it's because it's so hard to get in there.
1: So, so many times government reject basically their applications. So many times their patents yeah. get rejected, and they have to keep on paying to do the clinical trials, to keep on reapplying to get the approval. And finally, when they get the approval, they create the product, they start commercializing, they start selling it, distributing it, and then they sell it. So, it it's not about the name; it's more about the technical part. It's being it's at like, the
0: table. It's having a seat at the table, man. That's crazy.
1: It's, it's about being a nerd. <laughs> it's more about for people who are nerd.
0: All right. That's fair. That's fair. I, I love what you said, and I wanted to bring it back, um, the leverage thing, man. Um, that's so big, uh, and it must be so big in the businesses that you have right now. Uh, I don't know if you want to go too deep or too detailed, but can you kind of give us a, a high level of, of what you're working with right now, what you have your hands in?
1: Yeah. So basically, I mean, you know it's like we work for according to the demand, right? We do everything according to the demand, right? What's what the investor is looking for because that's what we are basically you know working with.
0: So you're not going to the you're not going to the customer, you're going to the investor.
1: Yeah, we are going to the investor because the investor has the money, right? I mean, you know, the who has the money has the leverage. Because you can't influence a person who doesn't need anything. Like, yeah,
0: that's true. The wise man.
1: You can't, you can't, you can basically, you know, influence that person. So it's like, like even in networking, like one of the things which people do it a lot of times wrong is like when they're networking with a billionaire or someone with a net worth of five hundred billion dollars or basically or hundred or in billions, of billions is the highest. So the thing about that is, you know, you can't do and while networking, you can't do anything to increase the status of that person. You you can't do anything. Like if you will be like. Oh, I'll get you in a show, you know, you can be in the show. That person billionaire could be like, I can buy the show. Okay. So that person won't be like, Oh, help me, please. Oh, you are so amazing. Connect me to that director. That person won't be like this because that person doesn't need anything. That that, that, That person has ultimate status, right? That person is a billionaire. So the way how you network with those people is, is personal touch. Like you could be like, you can talk about the things which are very personal to them and which is not a public available data. And that's something which they know and you know. It could be like, I met with your teacher in high school. He mentioned these things about you. This was the name she used to call you basically from. That's something which is very personal. That's very valuable for that person. Because that's a memory of the, for that person. Rather than trying to say, you know, I can get you in a show. These types of things are like, piss people off. And you don't want to piss the wrong people. Because like, there was a magazine. There was a magazine basically which said some wrong things about, which said some things about Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel, the guy who basically, the guy who started, yeah, the billionaire guy. And again, basically, that magazine wrote something wrong about one of his friends. So Peter Thiel gave that guy 10 million to sue that magazine, and that magazine is now bankrupt. So basically, it's like, you know, you don't want to piss someone off who's a billionaire, especially. And that that magazine was basically worth more than hundreds of millions of dollars. (laughs)
0: That's wild. Hey, we're going to get rid of that now. See you later. This dude dude called me a a bad name. 10 million over there. See ya. I'm Peter Thiel. I am badass.
1: (laughs) Peter Thiel is basically, he's a lot more involved in venture capital. He's a VC as well, Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel and also the guy who started LinkedIn, Reid Hoffman, he's also a VC. He's in Greylock, I guess. It's a venture capital fund. So that's the thing. See, like, if we look for companies that that use high leverage, that are easier to scale. So high leverage is tech businesses. Tech businesses are high leverage. It's like, it could be a fintech platform. You could be a payment. You could be running a payment gateway. You know, millions of people are doing transactions. You are getting a percentage override So how amazing is that? That's leverage. It's great. A platform people are paying. If someone pays $1 or $1,000, mm-hmm. almost same effort is being used, same technology is being used, but you are making more money. That's the yeah. thing. Good All good the credit, could good get, loan more email marketing platform it could be an email marketing platform where you know you are selling email marketing services and you know if someone is if someone is you know Buying credits for a certain number of emails. It's the same effort for the server, or if if it's both, then it's the same server. So, it's just about storage. Scraping emails,
0: dude. Yeah, scraping emails and bot emails. Yeah, it's it gets dirty down there in the in the data fields, man. Between like in the Python coding, dude. I, I've looked. I've been in there, man. It's it's wild because we're gonna be doing some uh marketing, email marketing. Once we get our site more. Um, uh, I don't know, better.
1: Well, but once, you know, one, one of the yeah. things about data is the, the contact information which you are taking, I mean, that's very valuable. It's like, that's a very valuable, I mean, that that will increase the value of your business. See, it's like, there are different things which, which increase the value of your business, there are different things which increase the profit of your business. You can't have so much profit, but you can have so much value. That's possible. It could be like, you can be a, you can create an app that has... Millions of users, but you could have just a hundred thousand dollars in revenue. Still, you can sell the business for millions of dollars because you have one million people that will keep on sold.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that, that puppy is going to keep that puppy is going to keep turning, man.
1: For sure, definitely. And one of the thing, basically, for your viewers, if they are businessmen, I mean, you know, let me explain how a business makes money. There are only a few ways how you make money in a business. Either you have more customers, either you make them worth more. You have limited customers, but you make them worth more. And you increase the, basically, you know, the thing about worth more is like to increase the lifetime value of a customer. And there are a few ways how you increase the lifetime value of a customer.
0: Lifetime value, okay. How do you One do One is that?
1: cross-selling. Ooh. Cross-selling is like, let's say you have different versions of the product. You have basic version, medium version, and the, you know, ex- most expensive version. Then you have basically, then you have upselling. Let's say you have a podcast service, you have a customer, or let's say you have any kind of company or any other kind of business, let's say, you have. So, let's say you are doing anything, dealing with a person in digital services. You Let's say you, you have a company that's in software services. You sold them software services. Then you sold them digital marketing services. Then you sold them CFO services. Then right. you sold them any other kind of services. So, you keep on upselling relevant services.
0: And, by the way, they'll come clean your house, too, just for a for little sure. bit of change, you know?
1: For sure, definitely. And then it's like, the third thing is, basically, you know, downselling. Downselling is like, Let's say you have basically a customer. Okay. You have a customer that's an SME. Now you are providing only two, three services. Now you know this person also needs CFO services, lawyer services, accountant services, accounting services. So now you can partner with these two types of firms. You can do kind of a referral agreement and give their services to them and take a commission on it. That's something which can be done. That's down selling. And now the two most major things, the two easiest things which you can do, one is Basically you know, increasing the price of your service because the price is always in the mind of the seller never in the mind of the buyer Because a buyer according to psychology a human being takes decision on the basis of given information Like when you go on Amazon, it's got down hundred dollars and it's returned fifty dollars or forty nine dollars So people are thinking oh, it's hundred dollars. Oh, it's a discount. It's fifty dollars So that's how people are wired people take decisions on the basis of given information So you can increase the prices and then the other thing is basically you know, reducing the cost You can reduce your cost by using more automation, using AI in more areas of your business. So these are certain things, you know, which can be done in a business to grow. I'm trying to become AI
0: myself, dude. If I could just become AI, chat GPT 5.0, Joey B, just spilling it out. Yeah, we'll be perfect. We'll never lose any money ever again and actually on that on that note so i know uh, here in the us it takes like 100 grand to start a restaurant it takes like three to five years for that thing to turn over any real profit if you can stick with it how long do you give a business to turn a profit until you're
1: like you know what i'm out in front it's different and basically in investment banking it's different like you know most of the time my focus in the fund is just to have a business that has at least 500k to a million dollars in revenue and it just takes one or two years to basically, you know, to, to break even. And uh, okay. my focus is on businesses that are cash flowing, that have regular cash flow, and that are, that are simple, predictable, and I'm confident this business will be there in the next 50 years. So, you know, basically these are certain things, but there are a lot of other factors, because this is something which is very detailed. We have our analysts, does all the due diligence, there are a lot of things. But my focus is on businesses that are cash flowing, because cash flow is king, right? Cash is
0: king, man cash rules everything around me
1: for sure for sure i mean you can have a million you can have a net worth of 100 million dollars but if you have less liquidity you don't have a lot of negotiation power you don't have a lot of leverage that's the thing about cash cash is king and cash is also trash it depends on the context cash is trash when it's being eaten by inflation in the bank cash is king when you're getting income from a rental property which you have given and there's the casino
0: dude don't forget about forget about the casino the roulette man throw a thousand on red and see how it goes 50 50.
1: for sure definitely it depends on every business but it's like and one of the things which i can tell you is the businesses that make the highest amount of money are the most boring businesses out there the most boring businesses makes the highest amount of
0: money insurance (laughs) insurance
1: you know the thing why insurance company makes the most money is because they sell they take money for nothing yeah
0: for 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 what ifs for what ifs and then if it does happen they might
1: not pay anyway because they make up the rules (laughs) what a racket everything in finance is also boring who likes to do due diligence on documents and research things it's boring stuff. I'll tell you, like, it's it's fucking thing. exciting <laughs>
0: talking about this stuff with you, man. This makes it a little more pumped up. And I love that we get your perspective and your vantage point of like, all right, you, you're not looking at it like a CEO. You're not looking at it as an operations manager. You're not really looking at it really as like a, a solo investor. You're you're looking at it at a top level level here that is like just so cool and i'm so glad we could get that vantage point and i, and I hope this uh education definitely
1: um throws some information around
0: for our audience
1: yeah for sure like one of the things which i think how people can structure their life is like you know and how, how i also structure things in my day and in my month now I this is away like... from
0: just the business stuff. this is more life
1: as well right we're, right, we're, right right i mean it's also oh, to process, i business. i love say. that man Because business is also part of life, so you have to also structure things in a way. So It's like, I try to spend 20% of my day in the bigger picture and 80% of the time in the smaller picture. Because the thing is, let's say if you're in the traffic, in New York City, you're stuck in traffic, right? And you are in the smaller picture, you don't know how to get ahead in the traffic and you because you are in the traffic okay you are in this situation but if you are in a helicopter looking at the bigger picture you know there's a street from which you can which you can use to get ahead that street is connecting to the you know open road then you can get yeah. the right path you can find another path to get out of the traffic so that's the thing about you know that's one of the advantage of having a bigger picture because a bigger picture changes the perspective that's the thing it just changes the perspective mm-hmm. it tells you where are you going the actions which you're taking is aligned with your purpose. That's how things should be. Like the thing, how I have structured my life on a personal development side is like, I told you about my purpose. Then I think a person should basically, basically you know, set the long-term, intermediate and short-term goals. And you know, the thing about purpose, the reason I've told you about purpose is basically, Joey, if I will ask you, Joey, what will you do if someone will kidnap your family? You will be like, you will do everything to get them back. You don't need a manual or a mentor or book to get them back because that's something in which you believe from your heart so when you believe something from a heart you don't need something to figure it out you'll just have the drive to figure it out so same as with
0: life. you just get it done you just get that shit same done Same
1: with life so when you really believe in something you'll have the drive to basically you know figure it out and then you set your long-term intermediate and short-term goals in all dimensions of life because everything is in correlation so it could be mentally socially spiritually physically financially all types of goals in all dimensions of life and should be aligned with your purpose. So that's how I think how you can structure and then it's your short term goal. And the goals could be like, you know, a mental long term goal could be like in the next 10 years, I want to have 10 out of 10 leadership skills, 10 out of 10 cognitive skills, judgmental skills, problem solving skills. A social goal could be like in the next 10 years, I want to be able to have a network of 100 CPAs, 100 CFAs, 100 politicians, 100 influencers, 100 celebrities, 100 CEOs, 100 lawyers. Or a goal in physical dimension could be like in the next 10 years, I want to have six pack apps or I want to have basically, you know, a more flexible body. I want to have a, I want to be able to run in a five-mile marathon or a goal in, in the basically spiritual dimension could be like, I want to do anything basically, you know, to follow all the things in my religion or basically anything that's related to spirituality or something which gives you consciousness. Or in the financial dimension could be like, in the next 10 years, I want a certain level of network. So these are certain things, how you can structure it, then you can have your short-term goals. So that's how things can be structured basically, you know, in our life. Basically. It's interesting then, that
0: you, you look at it that way, um, you, you kind of break it down into right. columns. I, I see it in my head as like different columns. You have spirituality, it's you like, have the metaphysical, it's it's great.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. It's like how we talk is how we think. Like if someone is clear when they're talking, this means they're thinking clearly. And you don't want to talk to someone who's not clear, they are confused and they're also confusing you.
0: Yeah, you know, it gets all confusing, the, the confidence is gone. It's like, who... Does this guy know what he's talking about? Even if he does, yeah, it's gotta come off right. When I'm talking blind knowledge, dude, I I'm just going. I'm just going. I don't know where it comes from. I know I'm hundred percent on point. You can follow me to the friggin' heavens. Um, and, and it's like you said, dude. It's like um, you're just going in it, going in it. You, you got a problem, you solve it. You got a problem over here, you solve it. You you come you compartmentalize. You have uh, your priority shit just making sure to sleep eat and make sure to rest sometimes you know it's crazy
1: for sure and while the process you know basically while we are building things it's like we always get haters in life like you also must be having a lot of haters i also have a lot of haters and it's like i put my awesome. ass out
0: there man i put my ass out there and it's like you know i don't give a f- I don't give a shit if someone thinks I'm some dweeb or like over the top or not cool with them. Yo, I do broadcasting. I've interviewed George Clinton in to see there, dude. I don't need some fucking two egg telling me like what I can and cannot do. But, sure. other but, thing but is you gotta have, but that's how, that's like
1: my boss mentality. Like I have this, For I sorry. can do this and it's and sure. you gotta have and that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Anything is just like, you know, if someone doesn't like you, it tells more about them than it tells about you because True. you remind them and of something negative. they haven't
0: done we don't do negative here the blind knowledge podcast dude what do you have your hands in as well like i, I know we, we started with it um do you want to get into sports building do you want to look at data and ai do you love web 3 do you want a piece of blind knowledge uh what, what are you thinking
1: yeah i mean, say so it's like my focus is currently on basically you know my fun and my wealth management that's sort the of thing because like you know. That's something that's a perspective which people, your audience can also see is like, you know, when 10% of your net worth is equal to your annual income, then your focus is to shift on wealth management, then to focus on your income generation. Because Where then did you wealth, learn that?
0: Where did you learn that? Was that university?
1: Like, that's something which so you just figure it out. See, it's like, if someone needs, for sure, like, you know, it's, it's about personal observation. Like, you know, if someone needs to ask all the things every time from other sources then that person is just stupid if you can't just think you know think about things on your own then what's the matter of learning things in the first place but i think you know in the beginning stages of your life you should ask others how to do things but at the later stages of life you you should ask yourself because that's the best advisor you have. Your I taught myself your... how
0: to play guitar, yes, sir. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta tur- you gotta teach yourself things to get through in life. You know, you gotta make mistakes, gotta ask questions too. You know?
1: For sure, and you can also take advice from your eighty-year-old version because then you think in a different way, out of your limitations and insecurities. For sure, one of the things I want to mention, basically, to your audience is related to my book. Mm-hmm which I launched this month. So this book, its title is basically Lessons from a Millionaire. This book has all the lessons which I learned in my business journey and how basically I built things in my life. And, you know, I think this is one of the best business and entrepreneurship books you will ever read. Best damn book ever. If you don't like it, the man may
0: refund you. We'll see. We'll, we'll check with the lawyers. But if you paid for it in cash, <laughs> uh, we're going to want cash back. And, of course, I'll take 20% because, yo, I'm just hanging. Um, Yasir Hashmi, are you a soccer guy, dude? Are you a football
1: guy? Uh, basically, I, I, I like badminton and I like Badden. cricket. In we are more focused on basically cricket
0: cricket's been getting bigger up here too especially in the northeast in the u.s yo i don't want to take up too much of your time it's been a beautiful time with you man i thank you so much for joining us i got a lot out of this dude i really appreciate it
1: perfect perfect thanks anytime thank you joe and have a great
0: day yo we'll see you soon thank you so much thank you so much yo yasir hashman yo i love that name but yo but what a smart dude and he's just talking facts, he's dropping dropping knowledge. I don't know, it, you know, you don't know sometimes in life where you come up with this information. As long as you're not bullshitting, as long as it's some real talk that you learn from someone who knows it, it's all good. And I like what that guy was bringing, man. I like it a lot. And I love how sometimes in the business world, you know, even well, in the podcasting world too, yo, know, me and him don't know each other. We just met each other. But yo, what a vibe. What a good time. And I think we learned a lot too. Yo, I'm not going to take up too much of your time because I already did. Yo, blindknowledge.com is the spot. Come for, come work for us. Come work for us. We need you. We want you. We love you. We need to have you. Or just come vibe with us or, or whatever. Do, do, do your thing. We're, we're going to be here for a while. Uh, podcast, live stream, entertainment. We're going to start selling things. Oh, and we're hanging out with Jay. My buddy, jay who, Francois and Dimitri over at Go Network. Uh, If y'all don't know, we used to do a little thing called the Gag Order Network back in the day up in Boston. uh, Affiliated with SiriusXM. No big deal. Mm. But yeah, it's really exciting. We're going to be on the Go TV Network. We're going to be hanging with Jay, one of my best friends in the world. uh, And Dimitri, of course, who I would trust with my life. 50% 50% of the time, uh, we will be channel 411 there. So if you're a video content creator, we, we we would love to see you try out, man, and we'll, and we'll work out some kind of revenue stream too, because you know what? It's hard to monetize out there, but guess what? We're doing it over here at Gaggle. Uh, <laughs> we're doing it over here at Blind Knowledge. We did it over at Gaggle or two. All right, guys, my name is Joey B. I'm out of here. I, it was so much fun. Hello, folks, and thank you, thank you so much, so, so very much. This is the Reverend Jackson Fetalbush Beetle. That's Jackson Fetalbush Beetle. And our rave reviews, rave reviews for a new collective, a new vision, shall we say. They're called Blind Knowledge. BlindKnowledge.com is where you can find these folks. And let me tell you something, my brothers and my sisters and my non-identifying friends. I love this content. I love their channels. I love their presentation, if you will. So check them out. Blind Knowledge. knowledge BlindKnowledge.com. Coming to a screen near you. Oh, Lord and Lord.
1: Hey guys, have you checked out no. the- No, <laughs> no, no. Look,
0: if you want to hear something about- oh, damn, that
1: could have- that You Some like buttermilk. beats?
0: You like bud? You like booze? You like body slam? Well, <clears throat> this is your place, brother, because we're going to get the beats, bud, booze, body slam right out of your ass. We got all that shit. Good one.
1: That was Stacy. Was that a good one? dot Podcast.com.